Hello, friends. Welcome to the first part of St. Columba's observance of Good Friday. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The Church's Collect for Good Friday touches me because unlike many prayers, this prayer does not ask God to do anything. All it asks is for God to behold us, to gaze at us as a family of faith on this day when it can seem as if there's little for us to say or do except to gaze at God in and through the cross. As a faith family, we bring a wide range of feelings to our encounters with the cross today. Awe, discomfort, sorrow, shame, gratitude, hope. And God looks upon us in love. Anne Tim Payne and I invite you to join us for a service tonight at seven o'clock on Zoom to include prayers and hymns for Good Friday, a reading of the Passion Story from the Gospel of John, and a time to reflect on how this day might speak to us as Jesus' disciples. We know the cross as the central symbol of the Christian life, reminding us of our bond with God and one another, and of the steadfastness of God's love for us, despite all that's broken in us and in the world. Perhaps what makes the cross an essential symbol for Christians is the way it captures the paradox of our faith, that God is transcendent and yet closely present, that out of death can emerge new life, that power and authority reside in humility and sacrifice, and that pain and struggle can open pathways toward healing and reconciliation. On this day, the cross fills me with thankful amazement at the self-giving generosity of Jesus. It reminds me of the unrelenting forces aligned against God and of my unreliable record in helping to resist them. Yet it offers hope that in following Jesus more closely, part of his love might be made more visible in my actions and choices and in my relationships. There can be hope for our church family on Good Friday, in part because we know what comes next in the story. This wasn't the case for the family of Jesus' first followers. We gather as a community that began in the shadow of the cross. But on the day of his crucifixion, Jesus' friends had reason to assume that their community was over, that tortured and killed in the most degrading execution that the state could impose. Jesus and his mission were discredited and crushed. How could they make sense of something so unbearably bleak? Where did these shattered first followers turn? Perhaps they were drawn to the psalm to which Jesus himself turns on the cross as he cries, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I still recall the desperation of that cry as captured in the eloquent passion story performed for us on Palm Sunday. Jesus gives voice to his fear and anguish, 
And this unites him with all people who, suffering from the effects of evil and oppression, despair over the seeming absence of God. We'll recite part of Psalm 22, set to music tonight. Maybe you can find a moment today to sit with these verses, to search them as Jesus' first followers might have, seeing in Jesus' quoting of the first line an invitation to embrace a truth to which the full psalm leads us. It expresses deep despair blended with the memory of God's earlier saving help. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. The psalm goes on in vivid images to describe deep pain and alienation. But the speaker begins to voice hope by remembering the experience of God as part of a faith community. I will tell of your name to my brothers and sisters. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. For he did not despise or abhor the affliction of the afflicted. He did not hide his face from me, but heard when I cried to him. In the closing verses, we can discern how the early church might have embraced this psalm as evidence that Jesus' suffering and death led not to the end of his mission, but to the furthering of God's purposes in the world. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the earth shall worship before him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. That group of people yet unborn includes us, and we can give thanks for the wisdom and perseverance of those who've kept our faith community alive with promise since the darkness of that first Good Friday. Let's linger in the stillness now as Anne offers music to set our hearts toward God as God beholds us on this day. Peace be with you.